0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Life Reimagined, Making the Impossible Possible. And we have a wonderful special guest today. But first, let me introduce my beautiful co-host, Chrissy, Chrissy May. May. Good morning. Good morning. And today we have Michelle Goodridge with us. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning or good afternoon, I think. Afternoon, yeah. Depending for on us, where it's you're...
1: afternoon. It's morning for Chrissy. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So depending on where you're listening to this and when you're listening to this, either way, good morning and good afternoon. We are so happy that you are with us today. And the first thing I would love to do is introduce who this wonderful woman is, Michelle Goodridge. We have known each other, wow, um, maybe maybe nine or 10 years. We knew each other from working at REMAX and then getting to know you a little bit better before the pandemic, I think, is when sort of 2019 maybe yeah. um when we started to actually chat a little bit more and get to know each other better so let me tell you a little bit about Michelle and then Michelle is going to walk us through where she comes from and then we're going to talk about where she is and then we're going to talk about where she's going and all of this is around the topic of what does it mean to be a successful entrepreneur how do we get there what does it entail is there a certain mindset attached to it and maybe what are some of those great characteristics that really helps someone develop into a great entrepreneur, especially during these times. So Michelle Goodrich has -hmm. over 23 years of experience in the real estate franchise industry, working with the chairman, president, and co-founders of Remax Integra, and REMAX Europe, the largest submaster master franchisers under the REMAX umbrella. In her role as Senior Executive Administrator, Michelle's responsibilities encompassed managing a diverse array of outside business interests, as well as overseeing the broad real estate portfolio in both Canada and the US. Michelle is an international speaker. I have seen you many times <laughs> out on stage, especially at the European conferences for REMAX. You are a force when you're up there. People love to hear you speak week. She has spoken at various real estate conventions around the world, moderated women's leadership panels, and was a panelist in the TREB 100 Women in Real Estate Task Force event. During her tenure at REMAX, Michelle was the co-founder of Real, REMAX Empowering Ambitious Ladies, a global community of women supporting and challenging women to be the best versions of themselves, which is what we are all about here. And this group was the catalyst for launching your current initiative, which is called Real MG, Real Estate Empowers Ambitious Ladies Management Group, allowing all women in the real estate industry regardless of brand to participate in this evolving movement. Real MG also provides real estate consulting and a platform for women investing in real estate to create Wealth. Born in London, England, mm-hmm. and raised in Canada, she has traveled to many places globally. Michelle looks forward to growing Realmg and supporting women to be the leaders they are born to be for themselves, but not by themselves. What a great line! Woo. Give Amazing, and she has. And she has the most infectious smile. I can just feel it through the camera. Yeah. So I'll tell you something before Michelle starts talking, she is one of those ladies who, when she walks into a room, she really lights it up and you can see it. She Mm -hmm. shines, she shines goodness. And it comes from within. And when you shine, that's, you know, that's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. So Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Take us back because that's a long bio and long and deserving. Well, that was the short version. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? We're here. We're here together this morning, this afternoon. Yeah. So, walk us through how did that even begin for you? You know, you were born in London, England. How did you end up in
1: Canada? I know people find that interesting. So, thank you so much for having me here, Chrissy and uh, Catherine. You know, when I received the request, I was like, "Oh yes, absolutely! I've been I've been watching you, uh, not consistently, but I'll go back and I'll, I'll I'll listen to your podcast." And I just love the the banter you have back and forth. So thank you so much for having me on today. So it's really interesting when um, when people find out that I'm actually I was actually born in in London. I think that's sort of my affinity for Europe. So. When I did actually interview for a role at Remax and one of the big parts of that role was going to be working with developing the brand in Europe, I was like, yeah, I'm totally into this, you know, because I just, I don't know what it is. When I travel back to Europe, there's just this thing that goes over me. I'm just like, wow, I feel like I'm home, but yeah. Uh, mm. Before getting there, so um, yes, I was born in London, England. No, I don't have my accent because we moved to Canada when I was six. My father, um, I don't know if you know this, uh, just a little bit of background history, places that are part of the Commonwealth, they were, when they were looking for tradesmen and people, they would have these special programs to move them into these areas so that they could uh, have better jobs and better lives for themselves. So That's what my father did. He had an opportunity to come to Canada and um, he picked us up, just my mom, my brother, myself, and moved us overseas, which was really interesting because, you know, my mother has three sisters and they're all still in London. So we have a fairly uh, big extended family in London Mm -hmm. and she wasn't able to be with them anymore on her own here in Canada and I always look back at that time and I think wow what a sacrifice for my mom Mm -hmm. you know and I really do appreciate that she did that for us because Mm -hmm. you know I'll go back to London and I used to when before the pandemic I was I used to be in London you know two or three times a year and you know I would see our family there and I'll tell you we're doing a lot better over here than than I think we would have done in London. I'm right. that's not to say that we might not have, but I just think the opportunity Canada has a lot more opportunities. Yeah. And uh you know if you work really hard, you know, you're you've got a really nice standard of life here, you know. Even mm-hmm. when I go back to Europe, I see the difference here in North America compared to to Europe, but you know they have their own great things over there that we don't have over here. So it's, and it's all, it's all a a mindset, right? So, and just, well, and I
0: think it's, it's the culture too. And especially England, London, I mean, London, you know, they're literally just coming from everywhere and it's like this landing zone right in the middle of Europe. Yeah. I know whenever I used to travel back and forth to Cyprus, when I lived there or even when I was a kid and we were trapped, London was always our halfway stop. And we always stopped for five days because I have relatives there. And it was that was sort of like the highlight of our trip. We were like, okay, we get to go around London for five days and then carry on.
1: Yeah. So I think it's like that for a lot of people around the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, then, of course, I grew up in small town, Ontario. I grew up in Brantford. Um, I don't know, Catherine. I don't know, Chrissy, if you know, that's the hometown of Wayne Gretzky. That's our big claim to fame. So, um, you know, I grew up there and then um, I had a great childhood. It was a wonderful place, super boring. Couldn't wait to get out, you know, when you're you're a teenager and you're you're at that age where you're gonna go off to school. I couldn't wait to leave. So when I left, I went to school in London and I did a three-year degree there in sociology. And it was interesting how I chose that field was. You know, you have these big plans when you go off to school. I thought, oh, I'm going to take psychology and I'm going to be a psychologist. Oh, yes. Well, I'll tell you, after the first year, it was my lowest mark, and that dream just went out the window. And I just kind of went with that's my ice mark. I'm going to go with it. And they seemed to really be good at sociology. I love people. It seems like a really good fit, so that's what I did. I I got to do a bachelor of arts in sociology with the intent to go to law school. So, year three, you know, I'm graduating. Um, I did take the LSAT. and you know, I thought about it, um, and I just I don't think that that was really my path. But I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go after that. I'd spoken with what was it that sort of.
0: You know, it
1: was just I had I ended up working for some lawyers, so (laughs) I was kind of like, you know, dipping my toe in there and seeing whether or not I really wanted to go to school for another three years and Mm. get into something that really wasn't a fit either. And, you know, I thought at the time it was, but as I started working with some of these lawyers and I, I just it was just no. The environment It was just yeah. a no. yeah, it was a hard no. So, you know, I didn't really have much of a plan. I just really wanted. I always thought for myself, oh, by the way, i did I did finish in London, and I my m- always my plan was to move to the big city. So the big city for me was Toronto. So I moved to mm-hmm. the big city. And um, I think that the the thing that I always wanted to do was getting to a really good company, work my way up. Mm-hmm. Into some sort of leadership role. That was just my plan. I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to look like or what type of company it was going to be with. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that as long as it was a good company, great culture, loved what I was doing, mm-hmm. I would just work my way up. Um, so I did work in a, a, a few, few companies I worked in management consulting with Deloitte and Touche. I was in desktop publishing. You know, I worked, like I said, I worked for a few lawyers and and whatnot. And then I found myself, I I got a call from a headhunter who said to me, you know, we have a a position with REMAX Canada. And I said, oh, okay. I've heard of REMAX at the time, you know, I'd heard of them. So I'm like, oh, cool. That's nice. And one of the big big selling features for, for me was that it was close to my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew, I knew what the company was. It sounded intriguing and it was, it was commuting wise. It was close to my home Mm because I had moved into uh, Mississauga at that time. I just thought I'm going to go and check it out. Like I said, I was still on this mission to get into a good company, something I liked and work my way up. And (laughs) I found myself, Going for the interview, I met uh, Walter Schneider, who's the pre- president of REMAX. Uh, it was actually REMAX Ontario, Atlantic Canada at the time, because they were made into regions. But um, I was thinking that it was going to be some old stuffy guy, you know, the president of REMAX. Oh, he's probably some <laughs> old stuffy guy, but that's okay. I, at least I can get in there. And, um, you know, he got off, he came off the elevator. It was such a serene moment i ended up i showed up there before they were open so i kind of had to you know make myself at home there was nobody there yet and um he came on and and at the time the the head office was on the second floor of the building and um he came off the elevator and said hi hey are you here are you here to see me and i said well if you're walter schneider then yeah i am (laughs) remember this is before the internet. So I couldn't Google and right. You know, yes. This was in nine ninety seven. I couldn't Google or anything like that and find out who these people were and do a little bit of research. So, um, you know, and he said, yeah, that uh, I am. And I'm like, okay, this guy was in his early forties. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking, okay, this, this is going to be good. I, and that it's weird, but it, Intrigued my interest because he was in his early 40s and he's the president of this big company you know and I'm like Mm -hmm. wow you know I need to find out how he's he got to where he is so fast Mm -hmm. so we we did we interviewed he was it was such an amazing interview it didn't even feel like I was being interviewed it was like you and I sitting here all three of us just having this chat you know, but it was for a position. And I really loved that. It wasn't your typical formal stuffy. What are your
0: strengths? (laughs) What are your weaknesses?
1: uh, You know, like it was just so pleasant, really, really pleasant. And I loved, I loved his energy. I loved how he explained to me how the company actually worked, gave me an insight into you know, how the regions were and what they were looking for and that they were expanding into Europe. So was I going to be okay to travel? And I'm like, yes, like sign me <laughs> up. Right. So, you know, I got the, the job there and, you know, fast forward to current times, I love real estate. Like I really love real estate. And I just thought, you know, even though I was at the franchise, we're at the franchise level. You know, I've worked with many different, different levels: brokers, agents, administration. You know, I got to work at the regional level to so regional owners who own the countries and are bringing the brands into, into their countries and trying to build it up. And that was actually the most interesting thing. Was you know, which ties into what we're talking about today, is that they were they. They were bringing this brand that was, wasn't known, especially in Europe at the time, they were maybe there a couple of years. And so I got to see them bring in the people that were going to, to expand the brand in those regions and watch them grow and help them grow. You know, they really are true entrepreneurs. And I, i I believe anybody in real estate is a true entrepreneur, mm-hmm. like you, Catherine are an entrepreneur, Chrissy, you are an entrepreneur, you know, you're building your businesses from scratch, whether or not it's under a a brand or if it's, it's completely independent or some sort of boutique, it's your business. And it's, you're taking that concept Mm -hmm. and putting it out into the world Mm -hmm. and seeing what comes back. So that was love.
0: Would you, would be okay if we kind of stopped there for a moment? So, because I want us to sort of, Dig into some of the things that you were saying. Yeah. I would love to know what did you notice about the people? Because you said that you were there at the time where they were choosing the people who would be going and expanding into Europe. What did you notice about what those choices look like? Mm -hmm. Did you notice, like what did you notice about the people who they were putting their confidence in to expand their brand?
1: Well, that's a great, that's a really great question. So People would come to us, they would hear about, it was the same way that they brought REMAX to Canada, right? They had heard about the concept, they were interested. Um, at the time, the market was changing from the big banks and trust companies mm-hmm. to some of these other um, brands that had started to come like the Century 21s, Prudentials, mm-hmm. REMAX, uh, Royal Le Page. So, you know, and and, and of course, Royal Page came from Royal Trust, right? So it was, there was that evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so even with the founders of REMAX in Canada, they were seeking something different, right? So when we were getting the, the people that were interested in bringing REMAX to, say, Italy, mm-hmm. they were also seeking that. So there was a bit of right. a vetting process. Yes, yes. But... But what was what I found was similar to to all of those people that wanted to start something new and fresh was they wanted to do something that was against the norm. Hmm. You know, they really wanted to not disrupt the the market mm-hmm. or the industry, but bring something fresh and more cooperative, bringing more people together and making it a fairer split, right? Mm-hmm. They were trying to, and and the thing about Europe is, and I say this all the time, is they don't have any organized real estate over there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's a it's pretty challenging, right? You know, here in North America we have the MLS system
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um you have licensing. In some countries there's no licensing. Oh my gosh. I could go to I could go to Portugal tomorrow and just say, hey, I want to sell real estate. Yeah. When I was
0: in That's Cyprus, crazy. there was no licensing. There was no MLS. We, When we were trying to sell our house there, I called a REMAX agent. There was actually a REMAX office with three agents, but agents who were not licensed and had never been trained. So she, there was nothing she could tell me. She really didn't know how to sell a house. Wow. And, and our deposit literally went nowhere. Like oh, we got no. a deposit, went to the lawyer's office, and then they kept it. And yeah. we were like, did not sell the house because it's like the wild west it was there was no one to go to there were no regulations so i can i i can't even imagine the challenge of bringing an organized brokerage to an unorganized country
1: well you know what's really interesting so i'll just go back to some of the first uh the first regions that were sold so the first region that was sold was spain And then shortly after that was Italy and Israel. And what was interesting about, I'm going to use the group from from Italy, was that they were made up of Canadians majority. So what they were doing was they they knew how it worked here. They were going to try and apply it there. So that's Mm. what I found. I found that they got their training maybe in North America or their education, a lot of the... A lot of the regional owners were very cognizant to what's happened in North America, were trained right. here. Maybe they were real estate agents here. Mm-hmm. They knew the, the, the value of organized real estate and they wanted to bring it back to their home countries. You right. know, of course we had some people that were um, you know, very new to the industry, you know, um uh as you know in Cyprus, the the real estate the real estate offices were, you know, usually independent. They were, they were vanity named, you know, after, you know, like Goodridge real estate, you know, with one or two people in the office. So, (laughs) you know, um, you know, bringing this concept was, was going to be challenging, but it was an opportunity to really make a change in the market and put in systems and training and education. Right. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. So that's the opportunity, you know, making a real change. And so, you know, there were there were people that, you know, weren't true entrepreneurs, um, especially ones that groups that came that had a lot of money behind them. What they would try to do is throw a lot of money at the wall and see <laughs> what stuck. And right. Typically, they they didn't they didn't succeed. They ended up mm-hmm. not being able to um to develop the brand, and I felt bad for those people, but they were they was in a mindset, right? Yeah, you know, they were like, "Hey, I'm just going to try this, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, on to the next." Right? Mm-hmm. The really successful, sex, successful entrepreneurs were the ones that were hungry, mm-hmm. the ones that yes. could not afford for it to fail. Yes, and those are the ones that today, and I think that goes with anything. Yes, you really think that goes with anything is that those, those are the ones today that are there now and they're thriving. And, you know, they've made it through the storm, they've sacrificed and it was all worth it because now here they are. But I think a lot of people, and I noticed this with, with, um, you know, people that want to get into real estate in general, they think that they see people they see the successful people, they see mm-hmm. the cars, the the clothes, yeah. <laughs> and, and they think it's just so easy. And, you know, one of the things that Walter Schneider always used to say is you don't try real estate, real estate tries you. And, you know, they I, I think people don't realize there's there is a lot of work mm-hmm. involved to get to where, you know, some of Some of these agents are and brokers Mm -hmm. are, regions are. It's a lot of work. And Mm -hmm. I think in general, you have to be able to take that on, Mm -hmm. or you're just not going to be able to to sustain. You're just not, right?
0: How long would you say when they were going into a new country? Because I'm just fascinated by this because I think what you just said is sort of like, and Chrissy and I have talked about this, but it's being hungry is Mm -hmm. the epitome of being an entrepreneur. Like it, it'll work no matter what, if you're hungry, because you're always just going to keep going after it. So I'm wondering, you know, especially in countries like Israel or Spain or Italy, um, how long do you think it took before people were sort of like, because let's not forget, it's not just the entrepreneurs owning um, a franchise, it's the public. Also not understanding, like, what what do you mean? A brokerage, (laughs) like, what is this? What is this Remax? I know how they think in Europe. So how long would you say it took to stick until people could really sort of wrap their their minds around it, do you think? Yeah, I, you know
1: what? That's a really good question because I remember, you know, we we would go to Vienna all the time. I'll use that as an example. And um, we started, we had an office, uh, opened an office in Vienna, like an actual regional services office in Vienna in 2001. And I remember the first time going there and, you know, wearing your pin or, and, you know, and people kind of going, what is that? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why you would wear the pin because people will ask you about it. So it's a really good selling feature or conversation starter. I know right. that, you know, Frank Posler loved it because it gave him <laughs> an opportunity to say, hey, la, 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 and he went with his spiel. And he really got people interested. But I remember when we first started going there, you know, not many people knew about REMAX. But as it was where our regional services office was, by, I would say, I'd say by 2009, 2008, you know, people were starting to recognize the brand. Mm -hmm. And they could recognize it by the balloon. So, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work from our, our franchised offices, our brokerages, our regional offices, just getting out there and really emulating what they'd seen in North America. Right. Like applying those techniques. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, the people that really were having a hard time succeeding were the ones that were trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good point. And they will tell you that, you know, you just follow it. It's a very simple process. Customize it, obviously, to your your culture and what you're accustomed to. But don't muck up the formula. It works. Right. It works. And um, that's the whole point of being part of a, uh, of a brand or a network, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if you can get past If you could get past probably the seven year mark, that's Mm -hmm. when you were starting to see, Mm -hmm. you know, and as, as we were building in Europe, people were seeing in other countries, right? So that was helpful as well. So I just think that, A, you have to be, you have to really want it. You have to really want to succeed. You have to really want to, to persevere and just really stick with it. Yeah, And it's interesting, one more point, what um, we were, we had these regional owners meetings where we'd all get together and we'd knowledge share. And these were the best things that they could get together and they could talk about the challenges that they were having and they could, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, share ideas and this is what we did here. Maybe you can try it and, and, you know, and, and then seeing the results. And one of the the regional owners, he was the owner of Alaska. And so it was a mature region. It'd been around for, you know, probably close to 30 years at the time, 25, 30 years. He got up and he said to the group that this, this group of newer people, this here is the best time that you're going to have in the growth of your business. Because you're, you're, you're coming up on these challenges and you're trying to figure out how you're going to work. And, and can we, can we make it another year, you know, and just what you come up with and then it happens to work mm-hmm. out and then you get to the mature, mature um, point. And not that it's not as fun, but you're just basically maintaining it. You're not mm-hmm. growing as quickly. And as you know, you're not touching people that don't know about, mm-hmm. about what you're doing. It's just a, it's just a different phase yeah. that you're in. And it's mm-hmm. it, it is a spot. It is fun because, you know, now you've got the resources, right? To do things. And you're not, you're not thinking, where am I going to get this from? But it's just different. It's just a different, different uh, experience that you're in. So yeah, you know, it's uh on entre- being an entrepreneur is as you know, <laughs> I've just stepped into those shoes and I have to tell you, it's, it's, it's been a challenge.
0: Well, you are that person that the Alaskan uh, owner was talking to, right? That's where you are now. So you almost have to listen to those words again, yourself and say, this is the best time of you starting your business, Yeah, but it it doesn't feel like it. And Chrissy, (laughs) I mean, you, you were at that point. Now, when would you say you were at that point where you were kind of sitting back and, if someone had come and said, to you know, this is the best time, you'd be like, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. It's never the most ideal time, right? Like anything, you just have to dive in and get going, get started.